they'd let you go free. I'd promised them I'd keep my mouth shut, Samantha said with a half-smile. Why, well, I'll be as quiet as a tree full of owls. Henry had to laugh. Samantha had a colorful way of putting things that he enjoyed, even if she was semi-illiterate. Samantha, why don't you also write to my parents? I've already told them about how you saved my life in Denver and gave me half of this medicine wagon, along with our mule team, for getting you out of that jail in Cheyenne. I was overly generous, she said, with a mournful shake of her pretty head. A plum lost my head in gratitude. Then I'll give this wagon and the four mules back, if you compose a letter to my parents in Boston. She snorted with disgust. You'd really give them back to me if I wrote one lousy letter? No, you have to write a good letter. One at least two pages long, with no spelling mistakes. It also has to be a well-written and literate letter. You know I can't do that. But you can learn. I could teach you to read and write well in a short time, because you're smart. Samantha didn't take the smart bait, and instead tossed her long brown hair. She was tall for a fourteen-year-old, but so slender she could be mistaken for a boy. Samantha preferred to wear men's clothes, saying that they were practical and cheaper than women's clothes, which she thought were too frilly and looked idiotic. "'Doc, I don't think I could ever write a letter to satisfy you. And besides, I don't know what I'd say to your parents, seeing as how they're strangers who'd have no understanding of a girl like me, and they probably have enough money to burn a wet mule. They'd just laugh at my poor attempt and not care a whit what I said.' "'That's not true,' Henry countered realizing that the harder he pushed this stubborn girl, whose father he'd failed to save from dying, the more resistant she'd be to his suggestion. But if you don't want to win back all of this wagon and your mules, that's fine by me. I'll give some thought to that letter. Good. Henry glanced down at a crude map he'd obtained in Rock Springs. I think the next settlement we reach is called Blue Ridge. I wonder if it's a big town. I expect not, Samantha told him. Probably just a few folks who log and trap around a central trading post. It gets God almighty cold in this part of Wyoming. I'd really like to keep going north until we come to the new national park called Yellowstone, Henry declared on impulse. I've read about it, even seen a few photographs and lithographs on display when I lived in Boston. That's fine by me, Doc, because I've always had a hankering to see those hot water spouts myself. Trouble is... I'm not sure that I can make any money there selling Pa's medicine. Henry waved off the objection. I've got enough money to carry us while we visit Yellowstone and the surrounding countryside. Perhaps we could even buy a couple of cheap saddles and bridles and ride our mules up along these Teton peaks. That'd suit me just fine, so long as neither one of us tries to ride Badger. But our visit has to be with your money, because I'm poorer than a church mouse. Since we've been together... You've kept us on the move so I can't settle in any one place and cultivate any sick customers. I'm sorry about that, Henry said, not really sorry that she hadn't been able to peddle her father's vile snake oil concoction. But you might be able to sell more medicine when we get to Yellowstone National Park than you think. Samantha scoffed at the suggestion. To the grizzly bears or the moose? I expect they're both short of cash. He ignored her sarcasm. Even though Yellowstone has only been in existence since 1872, they're getting well-heeled tourists from all over the world, 
They come eager to see the huge geysers and bubbling mud pots. I'm sure you've heard of Old Faithful. Of course, Samantha lied, wondering if it were a person or a thing. We can't be more than fifty miles from Yellowstone, and it's an opportunity not to be missed, Henry said with growing excitement. It's said to be one of the most magnificent places in the world, a paradise created by ancient volcanoes and glaciers. Still, I can't imagine anything more beautiful than this Teton Valley. Another good thing, Samantha said, is that we're in country the killers chasing you would never think to look. Henry agreed quietly. Yes, that too. That evening, they camped on the shores of Jackson Lake and as darkness fell, they heard the howl of timber wolves. Henry felt the hairs on the back of his neck stand up. Those sure aren't coyotes. Nope, they're wolves. I've only heard them once or twice before. Most of them have been hunted out by sheep.